0: Welcome to Funding and Disrupting, the most in-depth business podcast for companies looking to raise money and the investors who fund them every episode we interview a funded founder plus the investor who funded them to get the real story of how it all came together if you're searching for funding for disruptive technology or business or you're searching for the best companies to invest in then you've come to the right place this episode of funding and disrupting is brought to you by aura collective a leading tech pr and marketing firm let's get funding and disrupting
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's in-depth interview with Dr. Sanjay Prasad. Sanjay is a brilliant surgeon with over 30 years of experience in otology, neurotology, and skull base surgery. He's also an assistant professor at George Washington University, an author and founder and CEO of Surge Equality. Sanjay, I'm excited to discuss Surge Equality and have you share your personal story.
2: Keith, uh, gr- great to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, gr- great introduction. Wish my mother had heard that; that'd have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll get to hear it. And, uh, you know, Sanjay,
1: I have to tell you that you are one of the most dedicated and hardworking people I know. I mean, you're constantly on the go as a CEO, a surgeon, a teacher, an author. you also gen- genuinely want to achieve outcomes, you know, greater than yourself. I mean. What is it that motivates you to produce at such a high frequency and level?
2: Well, as some of it might be my age. I don't know. But, you know, uh, I, I think you come to a certain point in your life where you start to realize, you know, w- what have you done over your lifetime? What legacy have you left behind? Um, how have you made the world better uh, than it was uh, before you arrived, Right. And uh, you know, my dad passed away at seventy six. I'm sixty, so um, I'm having all these visions of what I'm going to leave behind, and uh, uh, and this is what I want to leave behind. I want to leave behind this whole uh, disruption, if you will, uh, this improvement uh, of of this healthcare system that we have today. That's what I want to leave behind.
1: So. Tell us you've been doing this quite a long time, the surgery and very very specialized so what is your observation over over these years that uh, with regards to surgical outcomes?
2: well you know outcomes are are really kind of all over the place and that's been one of the problems so uh, you know there the, the problem as we see it is the referral uh, system from the primary care doctor to the surgeon. Um, it's not being made on the basis of uh, you know cost or on the basis of surgeons' outcomes. And uh, what's happening today is patients are getting pigeonholed to a surgeon. Uh, they're getting surgery sometimes they don't need. We can talk about that. And then they're getting uh, connected to surgeons that don't necessarily have the best outcomes. So um what, in the process, patients are developing complications from surgeries they don't need, or getting revision surgery uh, and needing more and more procedures with more and more complications. It's a never ending abyss. and you know we've got to have some accountability on the healthcare end. Uh, that's that's how I feel. I feel feel very passionate about that. so, it's it's a big
1: problem, but I mean, how big of a problem is this?
2: Now, the problem is bigger than I thought when I first started reading up on this for my book. Uh, you know, fifteen to twenty five percent of uh, procedures that are performed today uh, are really unnecessary; don't nearly need to be done, and uh, and that's pretty significant. And, you know, when I I had a conversation. I think probably three, four months ago uh, with an orthopedic surgeon in his state. And uh, he was being very candid. And he said to me, Sanjay, you know, 50% of the orthopedic surgeries done in his state were unnecessary, mostly spine. And, you know, that is astonishing, absolutely astonishing what patients are being subjected to. So
1: why don't you tell us how you came up with the idea for surge quality?
2: Well, it, it it didn't happen overnight. You know, I, I've been in practice for thirty years, Keith. As you know, uh, you know, I started a, a surgery center in uh, two thousand seven. We started, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, and that was two thousand eight with the with the big crisis. You know, we started thinking about bundling prices, putting surgeon, anesthesia, facility fees together for uh, underinsured, non insured, cash paying customers, and and then we, we start thinking about, my gosh, we're, there's a real market here, but what's missing here, the big thing that's missing is quality. I mean, how are patients to get to the right surgeon uh, with who has the best outcomes, very specific to their procedure, very specific to their condition and their comorbidities? And that was the impetus of starting this whole thing.
1: So tell us what you would consider the primary Problem that surgery quality is solving.
2: The primary problem that surgery quality disrupts and improves drastically is that referral from your primary care physician to the surgeon. Because today, uh, primary care doctors are rushed. They, they, you know, you you have a lump on your on the side of your neck, or or you know, or your thyroid gland, and they have a list of surgeons that they usually refer to, and then they just send you to give you one name, maybe two names at the most. Uh, and then you have a provider book of surgeons from which to pick from. But, you know, are you really going to the right surgeon? Are you, are you up for that condition? Really, the primary care doesn't really have all that information at their disposal. So we're helping primary care doctors. We're making that uh, referral process a lot easier for them. Okay. Now, what other problems? It obviously solves
1: other problems. What other problems does it solve in addition to that?
2: Uh, Other than the referral process, of course, you know, there's the whole issue of uh, racial disparities in uh, surgical care. Uh, And about six months ago, I got really interested in this. And there was um, the the group at Brigham and Women's uh, wrote a very extensive meta-analysis Uh, And it was written in 2013. It's hard to believe. They reviewed 88 articles looking at uh, surgical outcomes between Black patients and white patients. And the surgical outcomes for Black patients was far worse uh, across all these procedures. And even when you control for, you know, the extent of disease uh, and comorbidities and socioeconomic status, uh, the differences persist. But which astonishing, Keith, is that nothing was really done. There's no solution that's been offered uh, since 2013. COVID hit. Great time to reset healthcare, and uh, you know we have a solution for this. Sanjay, tell us how surgical quality works. Well, you know, you you go see a a primary care doctor, you see a surgeon. They've been told you you told you're told you need surgery, and you need to pause. And that's where surgery quality steps in. So, we are a personalized concierge service. So, we handhold you, we gather your medical records, we gather your imaging that shows the torn rotator cuff or shows the gallstones or uh, whatever it might be. uh, And we send it up to the cloud, HIPAA compliant. Then, we send it to multiple surgeons within your network uh, in that specialty who indicate that area of interest. And they do have to be board certified. And on the Surgy Connect app for the surgeons, they review your case, uh, they validate necessity, they offer alternatives to treatment, uh, and they also enter a number of cases they've done, success rates, complication rates. Um, And then you get back a list of surgeons who have opined on your case, and you pick and choose and compare surgeons based on surgical outcomes. It just makes a ton of sense. So, tell us who stands to benefit and how from being part of surge equality? Well, you know, patients, first off, uh, there's no question they benefit because now the healthcare system is competing on the basis of price and also competing in, in terms of surgeon outcomes to take care of you. It just it makes a lot of sense, right? That's the way the system should have been built. But, you know, everyone wins here. Uh, the surgeons win because they're getting cases that they're uh, you know focused within their area of interest. Uh, they've been pre-vetted. Uh, all these surgeons have said these patients need surgery, so it reduces their malpractice risk. And likewise for the surgery centers and hospitals, it reduces their risk as well. Employers, it, it certainly helps them because through price competition, we can lower uh, you know uh, premiums, hopefully, if the health plans allow that. Health plans are approaching us surprisingly, they're, they're approaching us and they want to help their members connect to the best in class surgeons as well. So uh, all in all, I, I just don't see anybody who loses. Everybody wins here.
1: Sounds like it to me. It's I mean, it's remarkable what you're doing. So tell us a bit uh, presently about some of the partnerships that, that you've gotten and how they're helping you grow.
2: Well, the the partnerships we have are uh, surgery center organization partnerships and physician groups and networks. And that has enabled us to have 30,000 surgeons uh, in all 50 states, uh, 300 surgery centers and hospitals in all 50 states, giving us a footprint. You know, we're just connecting, right? We're connecting lives that need surgery to uh, surgeons and facilities And so we've got one balance of the equation. We've also got the other side solved too. So it's a very exciting journey. Now,
1: this is really interesting to me. You've been at this for a while. You didn't just start this last year. Um, So you've been at this for a bit and you've got funding so far that's been carrying you. Why don't you tell us uh, about that, um, You know how you started and where you are with funding, what you brought in and where you are to date with your funding?
2: So, you know, we started this whole idea in 2014, a small team. uh, And, uh, you know, I I invested heavily into it. Uh, We've raised uh, $2.4 million, uh, uh, Justin. You can call it seed round or family and friends. Uh, And I've got a tremendous amount of skin in the game. I put two in myself. Uh, And then we're currently in a series A round. Uh, We're trying to raise about $5 million, and we signed a term sheet with the VC. Uh, there's a sidecar opportunity right now for another one, one and a half, uh, and 200000 has already been taken up. So uh, we're really excited. We know there's going to be a Series B sometime down the line as the runway runs out in 18 months or so, but uh, the opportunities are there, definitely.
1: So with that funding that you're presently uh, entertaining, what specifically will that cover? you know, can give us a a breakdown of what you're going to use the money for.
2: Yeah. Investors always want to know, you know, uh, yes, sales (laughs) and marketing, of course, you know, that's what they want to hear. And that's what we're going to do. You know, uh, we need a sales force. We need to hire a VP of sales and marketing. It's the thing that's missing in our uh, C-suite leadership, uh, you know, uh, portfolio, if you will. Um, And we want to build out a sales team. Uh, Probably 30% goes to sales and marketing, 30% to technology because, you know, technology has got to be customized for these Fortune 100 companies that's coming aboard, they're coming aboard. Um, and then the rest, of course, you know, personnel support, um, you know, working capital, et cetera. So um, that's what we envision right now. So whom do you consider to be an
1: ideal investor and and Why?
2: Well, number one, they have to be accredited, right? So individual investors, uh, we're, we're certainly interested in in talking to individuals, uh, you know, high net worth, uh, family funds, absolutely. Uh, we're happy to talk to them. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, if they're, we're talking to a number of investment banks right now, we've got about a dozen we're talking to to do the whole round. Uh, so we're still looking for competing term sheets. Uh, you know, if there's uh, other uh other interested parties were certainly willing to entertain.
1: Who, who ideally, though, would, could come along and offer you something more than just money? Who, who would that be?
2: Well, you know, money's great. But, you know, obviously, you know, if someone has a distribution channel, it's uh, enormous, Keith, as you know, right? So, uh, you know, one of the big in- uh, brokerage houses, uh, a Mercer or a Gallagher, you know, uh, or any corporate entity, Fortune 100 company that wants to both invest and use the platform, you know, which is uh, what we think we're close to getting today, it's, you know, it would be monumental in this and, effort.
1: And so let's say that you, there were venture capital firms interested in investing that are in the healthcare space. What type of contacts could they bring that would be helpful? Aside from the money, what type of contacts would be helpful?
2: Well, if they can, uh, you know, bring us um, the the VP of... Uh, uh, sales and marketing. As somebody who's in the benefits industry. We're certainly very interested in talking to them if they can bring us uh, connections to those uh, distribution channels. You know, if they have connections to, uh, you know, Mercer Gallagher, uh, Lockton. Uh, you know, I can na- name a bunch of them, uh, and and you know, any of those distribution channels, as well as health plans. You know, we're talking to Blue Cross Blue Shield. There, there's a great deal of interest there. Uh, and if they can bring uh, contacts to leadership uh, at other health plans, we're certainly very interested in talking to them.
1: Okay, well, let me let me let's just shift here for a second because I, I want to make sure that we get some of your knowledge in here. <laughs> you got a lot of experience. You wrote your book. Why don't you just tell us real quickly about your book? What was what was the book uh, when you wrote it? What What's the book about?
2: Well, I wrote the book, um, you know, last year uh, during the pandemic when, you know, surgeries were really on hold uh, during the elective phase. Uh, And I really wrote it uh, for patients to start to understand what's happening in the healthcare system. So it's called Resetting Healthcare Post-COVID-19 Pandemic, The Patient Handbook. So it's meant and written for patients to start to understand some of the marketing forces that are currently being used. Uh, to sway patients uh, to certain surgeons, certain surgery centers, certain hospitals, uh, but that's not necessarily in their best interest. And it also introduces this whole concept of the healthcare system competing to take care of them for a change and turning the tables, if you will. So they get a good understanding of that, if you will. Now, your book, it's available on, on, on Amazon
1: if somebody wants to pick up a copy.
2: Yeah, it's available on Amazon. It's available on uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, the usual channels. You can also go to uh, resettinghealthcare.com um, and learn more about the book. And you can order the book there too. Um, you know, uh, We're happy to, to help you in any way. And if you have a specific story, you know, if you have a story of uh, something that happened to you with the healthcare system, uh, unnecessary surgery, or had complications from unnecessary surgery, we want to hear from you. Uh, because we want to create a forum where uh, patients learn from other patients. So uh, it'd be great to have participation. I'd like to get two pieces of advice from you. One concerning
1: somebody who's looking to get who needs to get surgery. So, uh, you know, for instance, with surgery quality, you're saying it helps you find a better match for a surgeon. What, where would you tell somebody to start? Let's say, you know, you go to your doctor that you get some sort of diagnosis, you have to have surgery. You're obviously overwhelmed. You know, the last thing you're thinking about is all the things that you need to do. Where should somebody start? You know, to you know, take a breath, and then what would be your recommendation for somebody to get started on the path to finding a surgeon?
2: I think you know what you just said is so so important, Keith, because um, the moment that you've been told you need surgery. You need to pause and not go from the examination room to the surgical scheduler and schedule the case. You need to pause. Of course, obviously if it's you're bleeding or something you know, crazy is happening, you need to have surgery right away. It's a different story, but 92% of the time that's not what's happening. So the first thing is pause, rethink, breathe, and uh, try to understand, aggregate information, ask tough questions of your surgeon, Doctor, do I really need the surgery? Doctor, um, are there treatment options other than surgery? Um, Doctor, how many of you have done? What's your success rate? What's your complication rate? Um, And they need to ask these tough questions. And and then they need to be able to understand the answers as well. And that's what surgery quality does. You know, it helps patients understand those answers and compare them against an, uh, an array of surgeons. So you contact us at info at surgeryquality.com, S-U-R-G-I quality.com. And, you know, we're happy to help you. You can download the Surgery Quality app. It's on both um, the the Google, um, uh, I guess, Google Play Store and the uh, Apple, uh, you know, App Store. Uh, You can download it and start to fill it out. Our concierge will reach out to you and help you every step of the way. So um, we're here to help you. That's
1: terrific, and and I've I've actually been through that several times, and I think that's great advice because kind of the instinct is is I got to rush and get this done. <laughs> there's yeah. the urgency, and even in the uh, amongst the uh, medical professionals, there's an urgency. But it is important, like you said, to take that time to really take a step back. Uh, to make sure that you don't rush into something that maybe not be in your best interest. So that is um, great advice. Now, I want to ask you one other thing, um, because as I said, you, you're doing a lot of things. <laughs> and so what advice could you would you um, offer to encourage other medical professionals? Because there are a lot of people younger than you that have an idea and maybe want to help beyond just you know their daily routine. So what would you um, offer medical professionals who have an idea and and a dream and, uh, you know, but maybe intimidated by the challenges that they're going to face?
2: There's no question it's intimidating and challenging because you as a young surgeon, you know, most of them are in debt from med school. Um, You know, funding is a big, big, big problem, you know, when you're early on when you have an idea. Um, you can have an idea, uh, you know, you, you got to have some friends and family funding. Uh, it's got to be something that you're passionate about, something that, you know, you wake up in the, in the middle of the night, you think of ideas and you're jotting them down and trying to make it better. Uh, and if you have that kind of passion for some idea, um, you, you know, you have to take a chance. And uh, taking a chance sometimes means uh, investing your own funds um, and uh you know, taking time away from the practice and developing uh, your product, uh, you know, it it just takes perseverance. It takes passion because without those two, you will lose.
1: Sanjay, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. I mean, it's fantastic to hear about surge equality and how it's making a difference and affecting change. Um, I'd like to ask you one more time for anybody who's listening to this, whether it's an investor or a potential partner, or even people that are interested in, in taking advantage of surgery quality for surgery, how how can they get in touch with you?
2: Well, they can reach us at info, uh, you know, at Surge quality, S-U-R-G-I quality.com so it's, it's really simple and uh you know our team will be out to reach you right away and if you want to reach me you can reach me the same way and uh just to make it simple and i'll be happy to get back to you terrific well thanks again and we wish you the
1: best with surgery quality we know great things to, are going to come and uh we look forward to seeing to, to talking about the b round okay. Great, <laughs> sounds
2: great thank you keith
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Funding and Disrupting. Don't forget to visit our sponsor, auraco.com, to learn more about working directly with Aura Collective's exclusive technology PR team. They'll help you craft your message, get noticed in the press, and help you get your venture to the funding finish line. Again, you can visit them at www.auraco.com. Keep funding and keep disrupting.